Welcome to another episode of 353rd. I'm your host, Scott Barstow. And I'm your other host, Anders Brownworth. Anders, we're talking today about photos. Photo management. Yes. Photo management, a subject that's near and dear to both of our hearts. And speaking of photos, I just sent you a photo of my current rig for recording this show. So we, we, talked, we used to talk early on in our podcast, we talked about where we were recording from and things like that. We did, yeah. And, today, and I usually record this show from my basement. And as I told you right before we came on the air, as it were, uh, I, I, we're in the process of renovating our basement. And I'm right now recording uh, with a complete ghetto rig that I feel like we need to share in the show notes. Uh, just share a couple of shots of actually how I'm recording the show today because it's just a miserable rig. <laughs> but it, it works. That's uh, the amazing thing. It still sounds like you're in a studio and, you know, you sound great from my side. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, something's it, working. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Something's working. So you and I both take a lot of pictures. I know you've got serious camera gear. I've got some of that of my own. And of course, we both carry around one of the best cameras on the planet in our pocket. Right. But one of the things that's completely flabbergasting to me, and it and it really surfaces when you have kids and you know, they're carrying around a camera in their pocket and you've got everybody in the family is taking pictures. The, just the way that the tools that we have right now for managing photos and getting them archived and getting them stored and making sure they're backed up and all of just the machinery around managing photos just seems yeah. to, to me to still be lacking. Uh, we've, got, we've got all of these great tools for taking pictures and as a result, everybody's taking lots of pictures. I think it's just um, it's fabulous that uh, that you know what used to be very expensive and time consuming now is cost basically nothing. And so we have all of those benefits, but we still don't have the tools that we had, uh, or we don't have good enough tools yet for say all of my family or all of your family to take pictures, archive them, and really do a good job of cataloging them. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, back in the day. Uh, so, so, of course, you had, you know, 24 or what was it, up to 36 uh, pictures on a roll of film. You'd have to go get them uh, uh, developed in some way. And then you'd have to, you know, put them in a, a photo book of, of some sort. Or, or maybe you, you, you shot slides and you got slides made. And so every year at the end of the year, my family would look at slides from the past year, slides from five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, whatever, you know, so, so the management was all, it was kind of in a box and, and there was very little access. It's different right. now. We, we, we have bits with bit rot that goes on. You cut your uh, photos to a, to a CD back in the day. And some of those CDs now are, are not readable anymore. So we're losing bits. Uh, so, so there is a, a little bit of a problem there. Uh, it really, you know, also, back in the day, we used to migrate photos from drive to drive to drive, you know, just taking the entire collection and like copying them over to a new drive or a bigger drive. And, you know, sometimes if you didn't have them all centralized, you'd lose, you know, a bunch of photos when a machine would die or whatever. But if, That's you, right. if you have some kind of a strategy where you put them all together, uh, you, you, you know, you always put them into a central place, uh, and, and naming and all of these things used, were big issues with that. Um, at the end of the day, you, you have this just mass of, you know, many, many, many gigabytes of data that you're just moving forward and forward in time. Um, 
I, I keep multiple copies in, in, in different geographic locations, some online, some off. Uh, it, it's been a hairy mess, but it's all been the important point. It's all been kind of hand, you know, rigged. I built that all myself. I, there are drives I put together, raids and stuff, and it's it's just uh, it's not something for for the average uh, average citizen. Um, what what? The, but that just talks about storage. I mean, we're also talking about moving these things around. We're talking about access to them. We're talking about you know how do you live with photos? You take a ton on your phone. You take a bunch with a a nice DSLR and and whatever else you have. There's uh, you know. It doesn't seem to. I mean, if you do it the Apple way, it's it's iCloud, right? But then you got to pay for more than five gigabytes of data, and yeah, and that happens almost immediately if you're talking about pictures. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how yeah. much. I think I've got you know thirty or forty gigs worth of pictures right now, or something right. crazy yeah, that's, like that. Yeah, that's a range where I am as well, and you know that still does fit on one drive. But the problem is, you know, you you can't even. Like years from now, that drive may crash or not be not spin up or, you know, whatever might have happened, uh, corrupted in some way. So there seems to be like everybody has a need or most people have a need for this kind of thing. Uh, but just straight out of the gate paying, I think it's a hundred to 200 bucks. It's, I think it's a hundred bucks a year for 50 gigs for iCloud is, uh, not, I mean, I'm hundred bucks. I might as well just buy a new hard drive every year. That's right. right. I agree with that because you're going to get way more space. You know, yeah. even if you just used, you could go buy five, you know, terabyte flash drives and yeah. for probably the same amount of money and you get way more storage and you get better redundancy and it's just sure. yours. You're not, you're not sharing that data with a company. And as we saw with the, with the stuff over the summer, if you're storing your data with something like iCloud and somebody happens to get access to it, then you have those issues as well. Sure. And the other thing that well, I think is, is worth talking about is that you also have services like Instagram or Facebook where you're sharing photos all the time. Yeah. And those photos, some of them you're probably going to want to keep. Most of them, it's probably not worthwhile. But if you think about... You know, I've got a 14-year-old daughter, and she takes a lot of pictures of her and her friends together. And all of those pictures really, obviously, they're on her device. But they also, yeah. for the most part, just wind up on Instagram. And there's really no good way to archive those into the same archive. I might want to have a lot of those pictures so that you know, when she's 30, she when can she go gets, back and yeah. look back through them and say, Oh, yeah, I remember when I was doing this with so-and-so. And you know, right now, if she was carrying around a... You know, a camera and taking those pictures, first of all, she would take a lot less. So I think that's the advantage of something like Instagram. But, uh, but she also, uh, you know, she would probably, we would probably have do a better job of archiving those yeah. as opposed to them just being on a service somewhere. Yeah, because there's a, there's a distinct point in time and it's at a, at a place that you control. Uh, if, if they go off into the ether, into Instagram or whatever, I mean, outside of, trying to load them up on a website and, and, you know, dragging them into a folder or something. I, I don't know how you would, uh, collect them if you lost the device. As, as far as I understand, when I take a Instagram picture, it's still in my, uh, my photos, my local photos, uh, just mm -hmm. also happens to be a copy on Instagram. But, um, yeah, so, so 
isn't this really two problems though? I mean, there's the there's the long-term archival problem, but there's also the the access to them both when you both getting them and then uh, access to them in the future. Uh, so I, I think, I mean, we were talking uh, previously uh, before the show aired about how we could, uh, you know, access these things. Like you might uh, want to look at all the pictures that you took when you were in Italy. Uh, so all the t- photos that are tagged with lat longs, you know, latitude and longitudes in Italy, you kind of want to see. That's a great way to to organize. I mean, way back in the yep. day, the way I organized was it, it was essentially every every time I dumped from my cameras, it was a directory and was effectively a directory a day, sometimes two a day. And then I would uh, name all the photos, just name, put the pe- name of the people that are in the photos. Now, that's way more work than you normally do. So right. the the things that come in there are, are instead of dumping uh, and, and doing that whole thing, it, it, it's much easier just to notice when the pictures were taken and group all the ones in a certain day together. So that's one thing. And then you have face recognition. Uh, and that's another. And who knows how well that works? It really does depend on how much curation you do. But it actually is pretty effective. Um, the question is, do you have, like, in order to use face uh, recognition properly in, in what I'm talking about is iPhoto, I have to have all 40 gigs of my photos in iPhoto, which that's means right. it's, yeah, it's not, that 40 gigs is actually a substantive a percentage of my SSD on my MacBook Air, so I don't carry the whole collection there. Uh, on my iMac, I have three terabytes, it's not a big deal, so I might have it there, but it's not, it's not universal, I don't know. Where, how, do you, how do you deal with those things? Well, I think the what I what I, I so I've been using uh, for the last gosh probably at least four or five years I've been using Picasa to do all of my photo organ organization. I think what okay. I like about Picasa is that really the default is that it, when you when you're dumping data from your camera, it doesn't matter which which device it is, your iPhone, my DSLR, whatever I whatever I'm using, or my you know my video camera, it just dumps it into a folder with that day and then all the pictures from that day are just grouped into a folder. Okay. So very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So very similar. So it does that by default, which I really like because it's like, Oh, I was in Italy in May of 2010. So I just, I can quickly get to at least the right area on my drive. Yeah. And then if I do a good job on the way in, uh, you know, it, while I'll tag those photos with, you know, Italy 2010 or something like that. Yeah. And so it makes it easier to browse. And then Picasso does a reasonably good job of face recognition. So I can, you know, see all the pictures of my daughter or whatever that is. But uh, here's what's really frustrating is, and it's, and it's really come up with, uh, as my wife has started to carry smartphones, which obviously she has for the last, well, almost ever since I've had an iPhone, she's had one. But we're constantly having this discussion about, you know, I took photos at the at the kids' game today. Where do I put them? I probably get asked that question yeah. two times a month. You know, where do I put them? Yeah. How do yeah. I and how do I how do I know that they're safe? How do I go back and look at them? And right now, the answer to that question, for me at least, is I do everything on my MacBook Pro, and then those all get archived off to a to an archival service. But I don't have a good way of just making those available to everybody who might want to see them. I can't share all of those photos. First of all, I wouldn't trust Google 
uh, with well, sharing yeah. all of those photos online. So that's not what I want to do. Um, that's the number know, one job to be done of Facebook. That's what yes. Facebook is for, for many people. I, I don't use it, but many, many people, that is what the number one job of Facebook is hired. That's the number one thing Facebook is hired to do, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. But I, I'm with you. I don't, I'm not a heavy user of Facebook and that was a, that's a conscious decision. I just, I don't get a lot of value out of it. I don't, I'm not that, you know, that's, it's just, it feels like a waste of time to me. So I, well, my friends uh, aren't on it. Right. That's a, that's a major thing. I mean, you know, like if, if you're, all of your friends are there and that's how everybody does everything. Yeah. And that is the way it is for a lot of people. That's right. But for us who have had this problem since long before there was a Facebook. And then also in my mind, I, I look at photos when they are on Facebook and I don't see originals. I see these tiny little versions that are supposed to be, you know, supposed to be uh, a good consumable size for most people. It doesn't see, it looks like a, a copy of my photos uh, archive, not the archive. I think that's right. And the other thing, of course, that you have with Facebook is with their usage policy, they can do whatever they want with your pictures. Yeah, there is that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I think the it just feels like we've got this uh, this gap in the market where we've got we've been able to we've solved the the ability to take great pictures. Right. We've got all of these devices that just take amazing pictures. You know, I've been carrying a Republic wireless phone, uh, the Moto X that takes amazing. It's got some really cool stuff yeah. for taking pictures, whether it's the, you know, the panorama view or. You know, you can do like this 360 thing, and there's all sorts of really cool stuff on there. And and then, you, of course, you've got everything that the iPhone the iPhone can do. So we we feel I feel like we've solved the input problem with cheap, great hardware, takes amazing pictures. And if you want to go the DSLR route and take like you know commercial grade pictures, you can do that. And even those cameras now. Uh, you know, you can move photos off of those via Wi-Fi. And right. so all these devices have come such a long ways. Um, but we're still, it feels like we're still in like 1999 or 2002 in terms of how this, how we actually use all of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I would add to that is movies. Like on the iPhone, you can yes. make great movies and there's hyperlapse and there's all these really cool things. DSLR movies are fantastic. Of course, they're big, but, you know, hey, whatever. I've got a uh, HD, you know, Handycam kind of thing with a, a device segment. I think that's going to disappear if it if it hasn't already. Uh, and and there are a couple of old, you know, the, 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 the point-and-shoot camera kind of things, the little Canon camera things, yeah. you know, a few yeah. of those around. Um, yeah, they, they, they all go away. But you and I, as cantankerous uh, complainers about technology, you know, what is it that we want? Like, if we were to turn around and do a startup that solves this problem in general, uh, what would we make? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's really where I wanted to go with this topic is yeah. what are the three or four things that we would do? And I think the first thing for me is if if you think of people's smartphone as the primary camera device, which I think it is for 98% of the population. Yeah. And I think rightfully so. 
So my wife, you know, hates carrying around. She, you know, she just rolls her eyes when I roll in somewhere with the, the <laughs> my Canon camera. And she's yeah. like, "Why are you carrying that huge thing around?" And yeah. I was like, "Well, because it takes better pictures." Yeah. You know, I can take different. I shouldn't say better. It's different kinds of pictures. Yeah. Because I've got exactly. different equipment. Uh, you know, I can take really close up when I'm not that when I can't get that close with my iPhone. Sure, um, you, yeah. it's just a different grade of picture. Yeah, if, and, you're, if you're going to your kid's uh, soccer game or whatever, you you the the iPhone is going to give you these wide shots of that's right. everything, and the and the Canon is going to you know snipe a picture of of the kid from halfway across the field, you know, kicking the winning goal. And it's gonna, it's drastically different, but you're right, it's not that they're better it's that it's almost that they're they're set up you know dslrs and those kinds of things are are more engineered or more you know more care is taken in the picture rather than oh i should take a picture of that whip the thing out of my pocket bam i have a picture of it now yeah i think that's right i'm just gonna i'm gonna take a little break here so uh yesterday yesterday yeah yesterday morning uh I went up to the roof of my building. I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, not five-minute walk from downtown Boston. And I'm standing on the roof, and the, there is a series. There are five uh, F-16s that were taking kind of like just promo photos over the city, and they shut down Logan. This is like 8 in the morning or 8.30 in the morning. And so I'm standing up there, and... All five of them flew right over my building, about 300 feet away. I mean, it was. I saw, I saw the video. That was awesome. incredible. I, I got to share that in the show notes. I will we'll put it in there, but I didn't. I, I took the video of them going down the river, and that, that wasn't the actual flyover. The flyover I did with my, my pocket camera, because it actually does take better pictures. It has an optical zoom. That's really the, the big feature. This thing has an optical zoom that gets you. Uh, get you there. I wish I had taken it with my iPhone because I, I couldn't get the stupid camera to, to focus just right. And by the time I took the picture, it was like they were just, uh, it was, you know, I yeah. wish I had done it with my iPhone. Anyway, uh, that's no, a, that's, that's totally true though. But I think the so one of the, what I, where I was headed is it almost one of, so one of the things that Instagram did and if you, I, I encourage everybody to go back and watch uh, the Foundation podcast with Kevin Systrom, the founder of Instagram, which yeah. is one of the best ones in that series. But uh, he asked him the question, you know, what did you do differently that nobody else was doing? Because we had all these photo sharing apps. And he talks about that he really solved two problems. One was making it easy to take great pictures with the filters and all that sort of stuff. But the big one for me that jumped off jumped out of the uh, out of the podcast was that he said we just we started uploading the picture as soon as you took it yeah and so it seemed like instagram was way faster because by the time you were done editing and hit save it was already available to everybody and so the perception was that that we were doing we had some black magic that made it work faster yeah i think it's something like that for like as soon as you snap a picture it starts saving it to some spot mm-hmm. and uh, and that spot is only for you and it's not iCloud mm-hmm. because I don't I, it just doesn't feel right it's got to be something that's designed specifically for pictures mm-hmm. and the service is designed for pictures and uh, you know it's got fake you know face recognition starts to run on that picture as soon as it's uploaded and you've got all this logic around that is I think server side mm-hmm that you start to configure your picture environment 
and uh, and then as soon as you start pushing photos in, like all of the all of the machinery just goes to work on your pictures and starts all right, well, exposing so, so, all this data about it. Right. So so let's talk about the way Instagram is doing that. You as soon as you take a picture, they start uploading it while you're fiddling around, wasting time with picking filters and doing that. It is going so. Presumably, if you pick, I don't know, the black and white filter, right? If you pick the black and white filter, what happens? You you tell the server, oh, uh, by the way, the, I want to apply the black and white, and then the server applies the black and white to it. So, well, I think what they're doing is they're actually just sending the changed bits of the photo. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So, so you're they're doing it on the on the phone, uh, but I do think right. there's this. Uh, so I think that's – if I remember his description of how they're doing it, I believe he said uh, we only that's send the changes when you – when once you're done with the picture, we only upload the change bits. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, that's, so that, that's really interesting, and obviously that's not nearly as much as re-uploading the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's interesting, but it does, you know – brings because you could really abstract that if you wanted to say oh you know crop the the image to this or that you could i mean if you you had the the version synced you could tell the server to do all of these kinds of things now the question yes, absolutely. is yeah like how much editing do you do you're only gonna like do red eye reduction and recrop and this and that if you're consciously like trying to send somebody a picture the ideal picture for something like that you're going to print it out. I don't know. Some reason that you're kind of curating this picture beyond as eh, a picture of my friend and I, you know, doing right. whatever. Yep. So, so there is a, like a, it's almost a strata of levels of use that you have for the pictures. I, I, when I've, uh, was taking pictures, uh, you know, I went to Iceland and I took all these pictures and, you know, I have like a million pictures from, from Iceland, one of my trips to Iceland. I, I kept them all. And I happened to use one of them, a picture of a glacier bay, uh, on my website. And I used it for years. Matter of fact, I think it's probably well, it's somewhere. It's somewhere there. It's somewhere on my website. Anyway, uh, and this was a really popular picture. On, it used to be the number one Google Images uh, result for, for uh, Iceland back in the day. But as it turns out, I went digging through those pictures because I got tired of it after a while. I, I went digging through and I found actually a better one, but it didn't jump out as better until I needed it for a different scenario. All these pictures were taken landscape, but I needed a background for my iPhone and that needed to be tall. And so I took a tall slice, including a, a like this piece of a chunk of ice in the foreground and then the glacier bay in the background, not something I had in the original picture, but it worked much better in this new format. So I'm not saying like at the that, – that's why when I think about taking, uh, you know, putting a filter on this one or blah, 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 only when you take it is not really the right way to think about it. I think you do need to archive the original so you have – you always have access to that. You can always go back to that. I think iPhoto kind of does this. And then if you want to alter it or – you know, kind of re-slice it or re-crop it or whatever, these can be different views of the same source images. And that's my problem with Instagram and, and Facebook and blah, 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 all these others. There's not the concept of an original. Right. Uh, you know, I think that's right. Yeah. And if you're just doing mutations from an original. So I think if we were to snap our fingers and, and have this brand new company that, that just solves the, the photo problem, 
it's got to do that. You have to have, you should always be able to like get, you should always be able to go all the way back to day one. I, yeah, I, I think that's actually a really important point. Thinking of a service for those of you, for those of our listeners who don't know what Git is, it's a source code repository, uh, <clears throat> I guess, system for lack of a better word, but the most popular implementation being GitHub. And I think the, what Git does amazingly well is that first of all, I can not only go back you know, n versions of how many times I've changed a file, but I can also, you know, branch stuff and take it down a completely different path. So that's an interesting way to think about a photo library as having all of these different permutations, uh, but I can still always find my way back to the original. I think that's a really important point that I hadn't thought about. Hmm. But I think the, this idea of, so I think we've covered two really important concepts. One is, as soon as I take a picture it's starting to archive somewhere. Yeah. It's starting to archive to this service. And this service's job is really just to store all of your pictures. And then, uh, you know, if you've got rules applied or whatever, I could almost see it like mail, uh, where you can define rules mm. about, if I take a picture of me and you, I want that going into my, you know, bandwidth, you know, former bandwidth guys, or, yeah. you know, I have some folder or some way of tagging it or something like that. But I think Gmail, like Gmail's inbox filters do a really good job of that. You can define as many rules as you want. And if I get an e email from you, it goes into this folder and I archive it automatically and I never read it or <laughs> Thanks. You know, whatever the rules yeah, are, right? Appreciate that. <laughs> but I think something like that, a service like that, where it's, yeah, you the file just goes somewhere and and something goes to work on it that you define and those rules can be really simple for those for people who don't want you know all of the mac all of the uh you know stupidity that you and I might come up with yeah. but and then I also think that that same service should push it you can define other services where that it gets pushed to so in other words when I upload that photo to you know, Anders and Scott's great photo service, the the very next thing that happens is that we can define where else that photo needs to go so that it's not just there, it's also somewhere else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because what I ultimately want is to have it in six places that if any of them go, if, uh, you know, if the world ends, I know I can get to one of them. And one of them might be it pushes to, uh, you know, a drive that I own and that only I own, yeah. uh, that's on the internet, uh, that I've made accessible, you know, however I choose to do that. But I think there's, there's lots of opportunity for just making it more simple just to get the photos off of your devices. I feel like that's the first problem yeah. to solve is how do I get it off my device safely archived and where I know I'll be able to go find it. Yeah. Yeah. So it it touches on. I mean, we talked about uh, way not a long time ago uh, about a uh, an encrypted bits storing service. So that would be a generalized version of this specific photo problem. So uh, if if you push the the bits to if you push the photos to a service that like to my drive on my computer at home, I don't know whatever. I would imagine that you would you know, have this service would have the ability to put a, uh, an encrypted copy of that somewhere. And then because I, I don't know, use my password or whatever as, as the key to decrypt, I can go and, you know, open those up. The problem though, is like, if we were to snap our fingers and have this service, 
I can't push that to Instagram. I probably, I'm probably be able to do it with Facebook because they probably have APIs and, and whatnot. Uh, Twitter, you know, probably could figure that one out. But a lot of the other, like iPhoto, <laughs> how do you push it to iPhoto on my machine at exactly. all? Exactly. Yep. And, you know, it doesn't, they're, they're not set up to do that. Yeah. And so, you have the, the thing of being able to do something simple like, I want to have all my, you know, you've got the photo gallery when you flip on your Apple TV or, right. you know, or your Google TV, you know, you've got those photo libraries. So how do I have my photos show up there yeah. instead of, you know, getting the default, you know, picture of the giraffe? Right. Well, you know, right, I want so- to see the last 500 pictures in my picture frame or my picture in my photo gallery instead of, so there's all of those kinds of issues as well. Just dis- so you've got archival. And then I think you've got organization, which we really haven't talked about yeah. yet. And then I think you've got display yeah. or sharing. If we can, I think those are two parts of the same problem. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, there's sort of display in your, there's physical display, and then there's sharing those things with only the people you want to share them with. And I think the social <laughs> services do a pretty decent job of that. They do. But, but, but so there's, there's another problem. So I, I had this cut on my head. And my wife was like, oh, well, I can't see it because I can't see the mirror or whatever. So, well, I'll take a picture of it. Okay, great. So she takes a camera and takes a picture. So then you flip through my uh, – and this was done on my iPhone. And you know, later on, I'm like flipping through my pictures on my iPad because it's using iCloud. The picture goes over, whatever. And there's all these beautiful pictures and suddenly a slice of my <laughs> hair in the middle and totally inappropriate, right? <laughs> So yeah. like, I don't know. We forgot to delete it or I, you know, but we didn't want to delete it. Like, I don't know. I wanted that's to like, funny. I did the same thing. I had a, I got bit by a bug <laughs> and my arm started to swell. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so I took a picture of it and sent it to this, uh, this doctor I know. I was like, yeah. what do I need to do? So I take a picture. So it's this nasty picture of, you know, my arm with a big red welt <laughs> in the middle of it. But that's as much, uh, you know, that picture, I don't care. I need that picture for that moment in time. And, and then I it. never need to see it again. That's so right. you have that problem as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we got to, so what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on like tagging an organization? Because I think at least up to now, and even Picasso to the, to, for the most part, thinks about photos in terms of like the traditional folder yeah. sort of organization, it feels like that's probably going to go away at some point. Yeah. But I, I like this yeah. idea of what I've called, you know, intelligent tagging. So, you know, with facial recognition, it's you and I are in the picture together and that probably means something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's a picture where me and my wife and my kids are in the picture and maybe some of my extended family. So chances are that was probably some sort of reunion. Right. And so those people maybe get notified automatically or things like that. But it feels like with the amount of information we have now about pictures and what we can determine about who's in them, seems like we should be able to do some more intelligent organization without me having to say, I was in Italy in 2010, so I'm going to tag them that way. Right, totally. Right? So, yeah. So there's, a, there's, I think, just a big pile of pictures, and then there are ways to slice and dice them. So one of them is who's in the picture, facial recognition, or you can tag them, or, or whatever. Another of them is where the picture was taken. That's pretty important, obviously. You know, show me all the pictures in Italy with, you know, myself and my daughter or something. I don't know. So you could you could combine them, right? And and those things I think are I almost think that's 
you know, that's, that's table stakes. Everything needs to do that. I can't imagine why you wouldn't. But the problem is a lot of these, like you're saying with Picasa, a lot of these services assume a folder structure. I assume effectively what that means is pick some default. Uh, like yeah. we will yeah, in some human way of organizing it. Yeah. Right. Well, we will like say one folder per day. And that happened to be the way that I was thinking about things. But you know what? When I go back now, I have a million folders, you know, one from basically every day with all these pictures in it. And I really, you know, want to pull a picture from that f album or few albums and say, this is definitive of what this was. Mm -hmm. Or some so so I, there's more than just tagging the people in it, tagging the location. It's also, uh, you know, you, you just know, oh yeah, it's a good picture. That's a really good picture. Or yeah, yeah it's not it's not a good picture, but I kind of want to keep it because it has some, you know, something sentimental value. Who knows? So yeah. how else do you get that information without requiring the user to manually tag that stuff? I mean, you can look at how many times the picture was looked at. You can look at, you know, people liking it and, and all of that kind of thing. And these are helpful. Um, maybe there's something there. I, I just, you know, I cringe at the Facebook thing um, and, and Instagram and a lot of these services. So it, it's hard to, get, you know, the problem is really there is no um, – agreed upon format for notifying that some URL somewhere, i.e. a picture is, is good. Like there's no like button, uh, yeah. you know, analog in the, the HTTP world. So you can't just collect that information. You know, it'd be, remember with, uh, with, uh, podcasts, really RSS feeds, uh, you could track back and you could, so you could look at your, your post and somebody were was going to write something about that post they would leave a track back to that post and then you you kind of you know create this little tree it, it didn't it happened to really kind of die a slow painful death because uh people would just spam it and there was no recourse but um some kind of a way to add likes or add uh uh meta information to pictures that's uh, an agreed upon open format would be really great. Yeah, I agree with that. I think other and others being able to add to it. So if you think of it like right, exactly a, uh, like a almost like a stack overflow kind of experience where I can go in and say, oh, it turns out that's not Uncle Jimmy, that's Uncle Joe. Uh, you had it yeah. wrong. You know, they're twins, and that was right. That was Uncle Joe. Your facial recognition got it wrong. Got it wrong, <laughs> or whatever. And yeah. I think things like that are. I also think we're kind of stuck with thinking about photos and this is just a, maybe it requires just some more thought, but it seems like we still think about photos like what you described at the very top of the show, which is, uh, you know, I open up an album and I look through that album and, yeah. and that's the nomenclature that's still used everywhere. It's in iPhoto, it's in Picasso. You still create these kind of groups of things and it feels to me like maybe that's a place to really do some serious innovation is, is that really the right, that was the right way in the, in the physical world, because it was the only, you know, you had to put it, you had to peel back the, the plastic and stick it to the photo paper and then put <laughs> the plastic back over yeah. it uh, because that's what preserved the picture. Yeah. And so that, you know, if you just left your picture sitting out, eventually they start to rot 
And, you know, if you stuffed them in a box somewhere, they eventually just – the quality degraded. Yeah. And so I think that's why you put them in albums. It wasn't just uh, yeah. to have everything in the same place. It was also to preserve the picture. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so, a good point. And so it feels like to me that there's the – maybe the album is sort of outdated. Like the album – in music is now kind of outdated. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. That's an arbitrary grouping by the artist. Yeah. But chances are, you know, if I wanted to put together all of my favorite songs about U2 or whatever, that's not going to be how, how U2 thought about their music because I think about their yeah. music a different way. And mm-hmm. so the album's kind of gone away in music and maybe the album needs to go away as an idea in pictures and maybe it's replaced with something. I don't know what that something's called. But it feels like there's I, yeah, an opportunity. I, I agree, absolutely. The 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 album seems outmoded, um, but the the reason that that was a uh, you, you're right, it was for uh, saving the uh, the the medium, not really because it was while you could copy pictures, it was expensive. Now, in a world where you can copy pictures just by drag and drop or whatever, it's that's yeah, not free. the need. Yeah, right. So so you have you really have retrieval problems. And so that's yes. where all of these other solutions that we're talking about, different intelligent tagging, etc., all of that comes from uh the the change of of you know needs. Mm-hmm. So and that and the fact that because pictures are effectively free, there are so so many more of them. Um Yes, and you I know, think they're, and that doesn't mean they're all like your picture of your, you know, your cut. Yeah, right. They're, I can take, I take lots of pictures that have nothing to do with things I ever care about because it's the easiest way to communicate something. Yeah, and I think that's so. There's got to be this this concept of this is a picture I care about. This is a picture I I'm just using for the next five minutes, and then it needs to go away. It's out. Yeah, and never be seen again. Right. Um, right. So I think there's that whole thing. The other, yeah. the last thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, is I was having a conversation with one of the dads from my son's football team the other day at practice. And he said, why has nobody built, you know, those, uh, the, the little display things where it scrolls, but you plug in your USB drive and it scrolls the photos and you can see them in a picture frame. Yeah. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the digital picture frame, digital frames. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, why hasn't anybody done a better job with that? Um, you know, I, there's, I've got all question. these pictures that I want to dis- that I want to display. Yeah, he said it seems like I should be able to put you know frames all over my wall, and there's you know they're all Wi-Fi connected. Yeah, and I and you almost here's the way I think about it: you almost get this like Harry Potter experience, <laughs> yeah, where the pictures just change on your wall. Yeah, all the time, and they just rotate through, and you don't really care what picture shows up on what frame at any given time. It's just Hey, here's a thousand or five thousand pictures, and I, and here's twenty five frames on my wall. Yeah, go. I just want you to rotate those. Just show yeah. me different pictures at different times. Um, but the problem right now is with that, the digital photo frames were like a hundred bucks if yeah. you wanted to buy one, and that's no. way too expensive. No, it's no, got to no. be no, that, no. I no, I totally disagree. I think it's the opposite. I think the the hundred dollar photo frame looks like a piece of crap it's horrible if i, oh, have, I agree if i it's have cheap. a photo 
like if I put a picture, I had, took a, a helicopter flight over D.C. and I shot this photo of the, the Jefferson Memorial and turned it to black and white and got it blown up really big and put it in the frame. I mean, $250 frame, you know, probably $75 to get the print when all was said and done. And, you know, nice glass and really nice. And I stuck it on the wall. That's what I like. I am willing to spend money on this. So you know what the 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 thing I would really love to see would be a digital photo frame that is e paper, but huge, like thirty inches diagonal yes. at least. Yep. You know, You're, in a not not as big as your TV because that's too right. big, but yeah. something that's that feels like a like a nice poster size. Right. And then, and that would be, uh, you, you, and, and I also don't want that to change every two seconds, like change it once a day. Like, right. Put, but you could a, define that, right? Maybe I want oh, it, maybe I, can, I want I it to, right. That's yeah. true. But, but so this thing would like wake up once a whatever and then change and it would be gorgeous, just beautiful to look at. You want, I, I'm sitting here staring at my iMac. I would love an iMac sized screen on the wall, but I don't want it to emanate light because photos on the wall don't emanate light. That's so right. Don't do That's that. exactly right. Yeah. Make That's a great a, point. Like, like e even if it's black and white, a giant black and white e-paper th yep. 30 inches diagonally, very nice and thin in a gorgeous frame. Could, it's like a matte finish. Make, make, it's, right. the make it, it's like the, make it yeah. $500. I don't care. Matter of fact, yep. at that price, I might as well just put iPads on my wall. They're, they're too small and they emanate light. Yes. So, what and about, they require a battery, and it's all this other crap, right? right it's got to be is, something right, that's if, easy. If I had the the screen, you could put the uh, you could put a, a battery in there that would last months. Yes, it, exactly. It wakes up once in a blue moon, changes itself, and goes to sleep. What? How? Why? Why does? Why doesn't this not exist? I don't Maybe know. It does, but I, I think there, yeah, it may exist by now. But I think I think you're right. I think you could. If you had the choice of, you know, you've got your one thing, maybe I've got three of those throughout the house. Right. Right. And every time, or maybe it's after I've walked by it six times, yeah. put a different picture up there. Okay. Like you've got, you got like, you put a little beacon, a little uh, Bluetooth low energy beacon by the picture. Yeah. And after I've, because I'm always carrying my phone around almost everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. So as soon as this device passes by the photo, you know, six times, uh, the yeah. photo changes. And, yeah. uh, and it's, and maybe I curate the list that rotates into that picture, or maybe it just, there's just a service that just starts picking stuff. And maybe I say, Oh, I really like that one. Put that one in my favorites or whatever as I'm going right. by the picture. But I think there's this, the display of pictures right now, I still feel like the optimal display of pictures is printing it and putting it in a frame yeah, because that's what is. makes your pictures look awesome. Totally. And you do yeah. it right. You put a nice mat on it and, you, and, and that's what I did the same thing with you. I've got, as you, I've got this picture of uh, a guy in the, in the 50s did a helicopter trip over my mom's uh, family's homestead in Kansas. Right. And so you've got all of the outbuildings, all of, all of the farm buildings captured in one shot. And so mm. <clears throat> just this amazing picture that uh, I just love. And so I blew it up to, I think it's probably two feet by two feet or yeah. two feet by two and a half. And it's... But the picture, everybody that walks into my house goes over and looks at that picture and says, huh, what's that? Right. And, totally. and it's a yeah. conversation piece. And, and, and I love that picture. And it probably cost me 
150 bucks to get it done by the time I was done, right. by the time I got the, but that's the experience that you want with photos on your wall is somebody walks by and they're like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's not, Hey, here's some goofy looking frame that's you know framed in maroon and, yeah. you know, has my, my family in, you know, cursive on the bottom of the frame or whatever, so, yeah. all this stupid mm-hmm. stuff they do, uh, make it high quality and may, I'll pay for it, but it's got to have, you know, I change the battery once a year, maybe. Right. It's got to yeah. have Wi-Fi or it's got to have a way that you uh, communicate with it. And it's got to mm-hmm. have a way to figure out, I think, that somebody's gone past it. Uh, or it's got a sense of where it is and how many, what the traffic is like by it or things like that. Something like mm-hmm. that. You have some awareness. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so the, well, the question is, I guess... Is it okay that you take the thing like that you you connect your phone to it or something? Like I'm thinking if you put something on a wall and we're getting way off field. I'm sorry here. If you put something in a gallery, you you don't want to change the batteries in in a picture in the gallery. But right. you do want to walk up to it and and push some data into it. We, we can probably discuss this offline. I'm sitting here looking at uh, uh, the biggest e-ink displays that are on DigiKey, and they're about 10 inches diagonally, $275, uh, 30 inches minimum. Like, give me, give me something yep, really big. So I'm, I'm probably, you know, they don't make it yet. They probably don't fabricate it yet. But be fun. Be fun. Yeah. 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 So I feel like so it's been interesting. So we talked about uh, how you archive photos how you organize photos and then how you share them. It feels like, or display. Yeah. I think display is multi, it has multiple meanings. Now I think display means physical display. It also means displaying it so that others can see it who are not with you, uh, you know, sharing as it's, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I think the, all of these areas still feel like there's lots of opportunity. And I feel like you could solve one of those uh, and have just a massive impact on I, th- I think I would start with the archival and storage because that's for me is the biggest pain point. But then the benefit of having all of those pictures is being able to see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now that's still too difficult. It's still too difficult. It's still, I'm going to go, I got to take this image. I'm going to take it to some professional Photoshop. They're going to print me a nice poster size of it mm-hmm. and I'm going to display it. And it's, I'm like, eh, I'll just look yeah. at it. You know, every now and then I'll just browse through them on my computer. Whereas I know I would have a, I would get much more pleasure out of the pictures I've taken if I could just see them regularly. Absolutely. And I feel like that's what we're missing. Yeah. So. Totally agree. Anyway, good stuff. If uh, if anybody listening to the show has uh, has uh, either services they know about that solve some of these problems or has an interest in working on any of this, you know, please get in touch. We'd love to talk more. But great, interesting topic. Yeah. Really interesting topic. Yeah, and I think everybody has this problem. Yeah. Agree. Everybody has. And it's going to get worse, not better. Yep. So. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Time. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Adios.